Hi and welcome to the latest episode of the Ormo Baths podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs in and around Belfast's Ormo Baths who are doing interesting things to find out what inspires them and what they have planned for the future. I'm Simon Ross and in this program I talk to Becca Hume, the founder of Tap SOS. It's an app that offers a non-verbal way of communicating with the emergency services. I recorded this interview with Becca just before Tap SOS was announced as the Digital Health Award winner at this year's AbilityNet Tech for Good Awards. And that whole theme of tech for good is something we touch upon during the conversation. Becca started off by telling me how Tap SOS works and where the idea came from. So Tap SOS is a smartphone application to allow people to connect with 999. Um, and that is to reach police, ambulance, fire service and coast guard in a non-verbal manner. So it's removing the need to have to telephone 999. Okay. And and who do you sort of see it as being for then? Who, who does that help? Well, we're starting to push it that anyone can use it. Um, why it started was for a particular user group. So initially I thought it really helped those who either can't hear or can't speak. Um, and that is why we went non-verbal, to make it really highly visual and a step-by-step process. But actually, the more we spoke with people, um, I suppose they were then starting to say, actually, well, I could use this, is it just for that group? Or could um, my son use it, he's got an allergy? Or um, I feel people have just said, um, you know, I have a fear if I'm choking or in the house alone, what happens if there's nobody about and I actually can't then speak, but this could be used in that situation. So we're starting to realise not to limit ourselves to say this is for a particular user group, but actually open it up for anyone to use. And what was it? What sort of inspired you to to come up with the idea in the first place? Mm-hmm. Well, the idea came about whenever um, I was working in a retail store uh, back when I was sixteen. So I had an encounter with a colleague who was deaf, and I didn't realise at that point that he was deaf. Um, and he was standing with his back towards me, so I went over. Um, asking him a few questions and he didn't turn around and I thought, oh goodness, what's going on? Um, and once I got his attention he jumped around and indicated that he was deaf so he signed um, and going forward we were using pen and paper to communicate and I'd asked him, you know, what do you do at home? Would you use pen and paper or how do you speak and to chat to people? And he said he used sign language. So at that point I just kind of got curious and thought, hmm, let's Google this. How do I learn sign language? And um, I was able to locate a few places that were teaching sign language here in Northern Ireland and I enrolled in two classes and continued on for eight years. Wow. So through these eight years I got really involved with the deaf community and made a lot of friendships and started to really understand frustrations with products and services just simply didn't work. Yeah. Um, they were created for the hearing world and not considering the deaf and so there's plenty of times where their limitations are buyers and just journeying with them that really got me curious as to how I could use my design background and like indicating um, sorry discovering the limitations and barriers I was able to combine both the design background and this curiosity and I think the main one that stuck out for me was how people around nine whenever there is the trauma the stress and the uncertainty of what's going on and so that's where it started. Very good and how has it been received so far with from the emergency services? Mm-hmm. It's been a long journey with this 
idea came about when I was then studying my master's, which was now three years ago, um, and we've journeyed so far. But um, along the way, we've been talking to different groups, so the emergency services, deaf associations, the public, different, different um, variations, but the emergency services themselves, it's like an eye-opener for them. They're, they have um, two solutions, so 909, as we know, voice call, and also then a non-verbal solution at the moment, which I've been aware about, which is the text. And not many people do know that you can text 909, but uh, they themselves, as in the emergency services, realise that that's got its own barriers. Mm. Um, quite often, the people who will be using that service, English isn't the first language. Um, and so to actually have to text and type in yeah. what problems are, you're left up to your own devices, so you don't know what information needs to be included in that text. So already there's a, a delay in response because you're going back and forth with this text message. Um, and so the emergency services are quite keen to work with TalkSOS to explore how then we can enhance that. Yeah. So I suppose in a way we're not removing 909 voice calls, that's not our aim or our goal, but it's to enhance the text service to really improve how people then can interact non-verbally. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because I suppose, you know, in um, those kind of situations, time is really of the essence, isn't it? So <laughs> so anything that kind of makes you take longer is, is detrimental to that yeah. uh, person. It, the average um, response to an SMS can be up to 20 minutes. Wow. And when you compare it to an online voice call, which is usually around eight minutes, it's just... You can nice yes, you can see the, the difference there. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what you're doing, I guess, um, uh, whether it's for purely the deaf community or other user groups, as you say, mm -hmm. I mean, it really falls into this uh, description of tech for good, I suppose. Yeah. It was important for you when you um, started down that journey to forming the business and, and, and becoming a startup entrepreneur, I suppose, that yeah. uh, it was uh, something that was doing good that benefited society. Yeah, we very much started off um, with people in mind. Mm -hmm. So it was never, where's the money? How are we gonna be massive here in terms of revenue? And it was just more of a, how can I make a difference? Um, Realising there's a problem, seeing how that affects people and looking at the opportunity of being, um, offering a service that's more inclusive and more accessible for people. So they are our key, um, I suppose our key mission to make um, a difference and improve quality of life for people. That's a pretty uh, commendable goal. Um, but I suppose uh, in the, the business side of it as well has, has got to work for you. How have you found all, all that process so far? Yeah. Um, well, in order to then be sustainable, we need to be looking at where is the money coming from. So our plans have always been that TAP SOS is available and free to use for the end user. And we're talking with big mobile network operators and also big corporates that can take on that cost for the end user, right, yeah. whether that's for employees, for staff or for clients. So we're we're in discussions with um, big players in the market in the UK at the moment, which is exciting. Um, and because they're so big, they also operate in different um, markets and locations. So with the opportunity to really scale up, um, it's quite transferable because of the um, highly visual aspect and also there's very little text so the language can be adjusted according to the location. Yeah, because I guess it's a, it's a global pro problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, you mentioned there sort of the, the sort of not limiting yourself to uh, different user groups and, and I suppose you've seen that, that problem there. 
do you see you know other problems that you could maybe turn turn you, you know maybe in the future that that tap SOS could could evolve and uh, and and look at addressing those as well yes definitely so at the moment as a an outsider looking in it's just an application mobile app mm -hmm. but actually we're building a platform so we have a lot of different scenarios and different uh, markets that we want to address so this is the emergency service aspect but there are a lot of different um, avenues and routes that need to be explored and so it's just one layer and there's a lot of different things that can be added onto that. I think we'll be very much in the inclusive and accessibility field and realm so anytime there's a barrier we're going to be looking at that. I mean that whole whether you call it health and well-being or whatever you call it, it it's a massive yeah. growing area with uh, you know a, mm. I suppose it's a it's a good field to be in as well from your point of view. Yeah another like word that we're really using is safeguarding so there's a lot of opportunities and times when people need protected yeah. um, and whether that is domestic violence, um, just personal safety and um, mental health so there's uh, increasing demand in areas that um, need to be looked at and they're in our, our next stages. What's, uh, what do you sort of take inspiration from yourself? I mean, you, you've obviously kind of thrown yourself into this based on, you know, things you've, you've learned through personal experience, mm -hmm. but as, a, as somebody, you know, to go and found a business, what, what, what was mm -hmm. kind of, you know, what's, what drives you? I think it's just curiosity. I constantly find myself just people watching. There's nothing better to do with your time than just to sit and observe. Um, I don't know if it's by being nosy or um, I can get lost in thought just by sitting and watching people um, and I think you learn a lot so like you know what kind of starts off as curiosity kind of leads to identifying um, needs which then creates opportunities so I think just by observing people and how they move about the city or interact with things that kind of just fuels my, my ideas um, that's where it starts. Very good. Um, you you met. I noticed. Uh, you met Richard Branson last year. Had a bit of time hanging out with him. What did you learn from him? Oh, it was a brilliant opportunity. So that had um came from a pitching opportunity. Um, it's always really scary to do that and to put yourself out there. But I tend to just say yes to things and worry about it later. It's a great so attitude. Great says attitude. Application sent. I think right. Okay, application sent. That's all you need to worry about for now. Then the email comes in, congratulations, you've been selected, and then I'm like, oh, the nerves are back again. <laughs> next steps, you just take it in wee bits. But, so to be um, recognised as a regional winner and meeting Richard Branson was brilliant. Um, on the day, uh, he was very down-to-earth, very approachable, and actually all the nerves and anxieties mm -hmm. left because he's just an ordinary person doing extremely amazing things. But to converse with him and meet him was incredible and I'm also dyslexic and so is Richard Branson and so he uh, had that and we had a bit of confusion there saying you know, what barriers have you experienced and how you coping with them and how does that work for business and we give um, a few tips on how to um, really explore that within business and never let it hold you back so that was very encouraging but uh, at the very end we had a photo opportunity and the photos came, um, they're actually very good photos, but it was because I had again observed people, as soon as the cameras came out, people got quite tense and they were approaching the stage 
area that the photos were being taken and the handshakes came out or the, the upper pointing of the <laughs> t-shirt or the product and I thought to goodness you know, even his body language is changing and how do you just be normal um, you do want to kind of be professional and look great in an image but at the same time let's not shift the, the mood so I went up last to let everyone else go forward and I approached the stage with my hands out and kind of you know give a hug um, and he was quite shocked but at the same time I knew by the conversations that morning it was something he'd welcome so stretched arms walking to the stage with a red shirt then like we did hug and he thought this was hilarious but he actually then was talking to the cameraman and forgot to let go so the cameraman was saying right turn around and we were laughing and actually stumbled forward so our photos captured were laughing and quite energetic so they actually look really good. Very good, there's enough boring uh, line up photos in the world <laughs> isn't there so uh, that's a great that's a great idea. It gives a bit of an insight into you and your your, your mm. personality and approaching things. I like that idea of just saying yes to things before you you're, you yeah. can be too scared of them. So. That actually came from my university tutor studying the masters. He says you know a lot of times we say no just because of fear. He says say yes to everything and just worry about it later. They weren't quite exact words that he mentioned that were a bit more colourful but I said say yes and worry about it later. So the future is uh, looking looking good then for uh, for, for TAF SOS we should uh, what, what's next on the block are you looking at investment or what's what's next for you? Um, at the moment so in the next couple of weeks we are integrating straight in with 99 operations and that's suppose something that sets us apart from any other maybe mobile app set on iTunes or I'm in the Google Play store. You can type in emergency app and you see a lot of panic buttons or help buttons and what they would do is to push out messages to family members mm -hmm. whereas we are the only ones in the UK here working directly with emergency services. Um, and so the next couple of weeks to a month it's just getting that all aligned up um, with a launch in September. Fantastic. Well I wish you very well with it and thanks Thank very you. much for your time. Thank you very much.